today on It's Time. Problem is, we take matters into our own hands, and that's where murders come from. The Bible tells us to love our enemies, do good to those that hate you, and you represent them the love of God. I hear the calling, it's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. Good morning to everyone. If you have your Bible, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of Exodus chapter 23. Believe it or not, in the Bible, in Exodus 23, there is the Christmas story. We find, in fact, Jesus said, search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, but they are which testify of me. So I always like to look for Jesus on every page of the Old Testament. This is why I believe it's so important that we know what the Old Testament says so we better understand the new. If you have your Bibles again, Exodus chapter 23. And with that, let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and we just ask you now that you would come and fill this place with your glory, with your heart, and Lord, with your spirit of understanding so we would understand more of who you are and we'll know more of who we are once we do that. And so we ask you now that your Holy Spirit would rest on us and keep us, God, cause us to remember these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, as we look at this time of year, oftentimes on to every man an answer, I'll get the question. uh, Well, where in the Bible does it say we're supposed to celebrate Christmas? Well, I don't know, but you know, it's the day that the world recognizes that Jesus came. And you know, I want to take every opportunity and what a blessing it is to be able to go in some of the stores and you hear glory to the newborn king over the loudspeakers. And I wonder how many people really understand what Christmas really is about. I believe that's why we're all still here. Well, as we look in the Old Testament, God lays out for man, what is God's acceptable pattern? Now, people have often asked, why is that important today? When you stop to realize your eternal position in the kingdom of God, Jesus said you will rule and reign with him someday on this earth during the millennial reign of Christ. When Jesus sits on the throne from Jerusalem, Israel for a thousand years and judges the nations, the Bible says you're going to be the administrators of his righteousness. Now, I always like to know a little bit more about what my position is. I always like to find myself in scripture whenever I read. And so to understand then what God's laws are, how is God going to judge the world someday? I think it's a fair question. 
The Bible tells us exactly how he's going to judge the world. It isn't going to be willy-nilly left up to um, liberal judges that say, well, you know, you're not that bad looking. I'll let you go. And you, you're rich. I'll let you go. And and, uh, you're poor. We're we're going to oppress you. All the stuff that we see, unfortunately, more and more in our society today, during the millennial reign of Christ, when Jesus reigns from Jerusalem, it's going to be done God's way. Now, the reason why that's important, again, as we read these, we get a better idea of how God's going to judge the world and better idea how we then, as people who love him, need to live. Now, again, we've talked about this before. The Ten Commandments, the law, was never meant to justify a person. It was meant to show us how desperately we need a Savior. I find Christian groups today that try to actually get people to go back under the law. Well, this is exactly what happened in the book of Galatians, where in this region of churches, there were people that were called Judaizers. And they were trying to get people to find their justification, not in the blood of Jesus Christ, but in their keeping the law. Exodus chapter 20, three chapters back, as we read the Ten Commandments, if you read after God gives the Ten Commandments in the audible hearing of all the people of Israel at the base of Mount Sinai, he said, this is a test. Never says this was meant to justify man. This was a test if you truly love God. Well, as we look at this today, you're going to see more and more what God's standard is. Now, this is why this is important. What you believe is how you live your life. It's inevitable the two go hand in hand. If you believe that getting stoned every day, drinking a quart of whiskey every day isn't going to hurt you, uh, you're going to find yourself dead, liver cancer, all the other problems. What you believe dictates how you live your life. When we come to Jesus, the Bible says we're born again by his spirit. Not anything I could do or you could do, but it's something that God puts his Holy Spirit in in us. But I know this, that as God does that, he wants, again, us to grow in him, be more like him. And again, I believe as we read these things today, we're going to see more and more of how that works. Exodus 23, verse 1, it says, You shall not circulate a false report. Do not put your hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. So um, be careful of the company you keep. And he said, be careful that you don't do that. You know, we we have a society today that, that just loves to follow the crowd. As it says here, you shall not follow a crowd to do evil, nor shall you testify in a dispute as so to turn aside after many to pervert justice. You're not to follow the crowd. Wow, that's what opposite what I hear from Hollywood. Hollywood says, man, you want to be in the inset. You want to be in the in crowd. No, I don't. And by the way, moms and dads, be sure to encourage your children not to go along with the mindset of today. Because the mindset of today is following a path 
of destruction. And I think we all see that. You, the Bible says that the way that seems right into a man, but in the end, there's destruction. And we see that in our society. You know, we go back, some of you that are a little bit older, back to the late 60s, early 70s. And, you know, the motto was, do your own thing. Well, you know, doing your own thing has led us to the complete, I think, falling apart of our society today. We see it globally all over the world. Because, again, there's a way that seems right to a man, but that's not God's way. So he says, watch out. Stay out of crowds that are going the wrong way. Do you know it was that way from the beginning? Eve eats in the tree and Adam goes, I'll follow you. So, I mean, man's been doing this ever since the beginning. Why is that? Well, because I believe that internal guidance system doesn't work right. That's why I believe Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. Now, what does that mean? What's being born again mean? I'm glad you asked that. Nicodemus asked the same question. He said, what do I got to do? Get back in my mom? How's this work? He goes, no, no. Just as you had a natural birth, being born of the water, you need to be born of the spirit. There's going to be a day in your life where you turned your life over to Christ. Now, you might not remember the month or the year, but you will remember that day when you said, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do it your way. So much different. So he says, don't follow the crowd. Again, be careful of that because it implies here that crowds are goofy. So again, we call them different names, lynch mobs, you know, following the ruckus. Be careful of that. You shall not show partiality to a poor man in his dispute. If you meet your enemy, ox, or his donkey that's gone astray, you shall surely bring it back to him again. Wow. Now let's look at this for a minute. Uh, he says, you can't show partiality to a poor person any more than you would to a rich person. What you want here is justice. And if you see your neighbor's car rolling down the street, it says you need to go help him bring it back. It says, notice, if you like to underline things in your Bible, your enemy. Enemy? His, his donkey's loose? Good! I hope somebody hits it and eats it. That's not what God says to do. Jesus said, do good to your enemies. God seeing that will reward you. You see, the problem is we take matters into our own hands, and that's where fightings and disputes and murders come from. The Bible tells us to love our enemies, do good to those that hate you, and you represent them the love of God. You know, back again, I always go back to the early 60s or maybe the late 60s, early 70s, and what the world was looking for was love. But their love was so conditional. I use this line so many times, but it's so true. The Beatles said, all you need is love, and then they broke up and sued each other. Is that the kind of love now that we need? No. There is the idea that we need love, but we need God's love. And God's love is different than worldly love. Worldly love is conditional. I love you if. God's love is I love you, period. And that's what God is conveying to his followers. That it isn't I love you if you're nice to me, but God says be nice to your enemies. Well, that goes against everything I am. God, be nice to him. Yeah, 
Oh, oh, you know, get, get even with them. Well, what does the Bible here say? If you see your enemy's ox or donkey going astray, you shall surely bring it back to him. You know what that does to a person that views you as an enemy and you're blessing him with kindness? Changes their heart. Melts their heart. Changes their perspective of even humanity. And when we represent Christ and we show the love of God in doing that, because that is not within normal human beings to do that. We render evil for evil, don't we, generally speaking? And, and, and the, all, all of our movies that we see, you know, you see a nice little village and then some meanie comes along and disrupts it all. And then Arnold comes on the scene and fixes it all back up again or enter your own star here. And then everything is good again. Well, the thing is, it's because he came in and he rousted out the bad guys. See, the Bible here tells us we are not following the world. We do it differently. We render good for good. Friends, that is not within our nature. Our nature says, you be mean to me, I'll be mean to you. But God says, you're going to live by a different standard now recognizing that God sees it all. Now we remember, again, the man that went from Jerusalem down to Jericho. He fell among thieves and they robbed him. He was a Samaritan. Nobody had anything to do with Samaritans in those days. They were half-breeds. And yet the man put him on his own beast, bandaged him up as they had really beat him up. Not only did they rob him, but they wounded him. And he brought him to a village the the inn and told the innkeeper, I'll come back and whatever bill he runs up, I'll pay for. See, that shows what a real neighbor and what somebody that really loves somebody is like. So he says, if you see the donkey of one who hates you lying under its burden and you would refrain from helping it, you shall surely help him with it. You know, God says all of his creation is worthy of our attention. In fact, as we read on here in a minute, we're going to get up to the Sabbath. And we're going to talk about that a little bit and what its purpose is. But what's really amazing about it, God cares about his animals. He does. I think that's really interesting that we, again, should care about everything that God has made on this earth. That's why I don't believe that Christians should be throwing cups out the window and different things. I'm not saying being green, but I'm saying we need to have a mindful, as God told Adam, tend the garden, take care of my creation. That's what we're to do as well. Now, again, because it represents what we are. So he says... If you see that happen, you can get involved and help it. You shall not pervert just judgment of your poor in this dispute. Keep yourselves far from a false manner. Do not kill the innocent with the righteous, for I will not justify the wicked. I don't know who's right here. I don't know who's wrong here. Away with both of you. God says, don't do that. You know, God says, hey... You, you, you keep justice, what's right. And he says, and you shall take no bribe for a bribe blinds the discern, the discerning and perverts the words of the righteous. 
haven't you seen bribes going rampant today? You know, I, 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 you know, I don't know whether you want to get vaccinated or you don't. I don't want to start a riot here. But I think it's interesting that almost all your news broadcasts that are telling you to get the vaccine are sponsored by Pfizer, who makes the vaccine. Hmm. It's called conflict of interest. Why is that? Well, you see, bribes come in many different packages and many different forms. Now, it may not be somebody slipping you a $20 bill for whatever it might be, or a thousand or a half a million, or depends on how, what rank in the politi- political world you're in, could be billions. But the thing is, is that anything can be that way. Well, I'll scratch your back if you'll scratch mine. Well, we got to be careful of that. Because in the scratching of backs, we can pervert what is right. And that's one of the things that you, again, me, during the millennial reign of Christ, we're going to be executing on this earth under the lordship of Jesus Christ, his righteousness. So we don't have to wait till the millennial reign to be about our daddy's business. We want to be careful of bribes. We want to be careful of the in crowd of whatever they're doing. We want to be careful of circulating false rumors. We want to have an eye to help those, even our enemies that don't like us. And we want to be able to provide that, that we do care about what God has given us. He also says, you shall not oppress a stranger, for you know the heart of the stranger. Literally, the heart means the whole being of the person, because you were once strangers in the land of Egypt. How would you want to be treated If you are a stranger in a strange land, then we want to do that for them. Now, he goes into this rest thing. And do you know you're designed by God to take a rest? I know a lot of us don't want to think that. We just think, well, I'm just a machine, you know. Listen, uh, you need rest. God designed you that way. He designed the world that way. So he says, notice, Six years, you shall sow your land and gather its produce. But in the seventh year, you shall let it rest and let it lay fallow, that the poor of your people may eat. And when they leave, the beasts of the field may eat. In like manner, you shall do with your vineyard and your olive grove. Now he goes on and he says this. Six days, you shall do your work. And on the seventh, you shall rest that your ox and your donkey may rest. Whoa, wait a minute. Hold on just a minute. Now we find that God extends this day of rest even to your animals. Now, why is, why does God have to do this? Friends, I don't know why God made it a law in the first place in the Ten Commandments. But Jesus said, the, the Sabbath was not made for God. It was made for you. Now, understand that. That's really important because you get all these different people talk about keeping the Sabbath. There is a day, I believe, a week that we should take a rest. Not do things for gain, but just enjoy what God has given you. The world has a phrase for it, stop and smell the roses, but it's really weird that God literally had to make it a law, hold a gun to our heads and say, look, you're going to take a day off whether you want to or not. Oh, gee, I think about that. 
Remember when you were a kid, your mother would come in and say, it's time for you to take a nap? Remember that? They would make you take a nap. I don't want to take a nap. And, and, and I talked to a friend yesterday. He said, I used to run and hide when I knew my mom was going to come and make me take a nap. Now, as I'm older, mom, please make me take a nap. You know, it'd be a great idea, don't you think? Your mom calls you, say, honey, it's time to go take your nap. Oh, thank you, mom. Thank you for loving me. And you just go and lose the world for a couple hours or a couple of minutes or whatever it might be. God held the people of Israel saying, you're not like everybody else. Now, it's it's interesting here because, again, I, I always share that the Ten Commandments is the greatest statement of human psyche in the world. You go to college, you study Young, Freud, all these other philosophers and ideas and all these things. But the Bible is the best on observation of man and what's wrong with man. And the Ten Commandments reveal that. And it tells us in the Ten Commandments that man basically will worship anything. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. What do people in our world today worship? They worship their careers, their cars, their spouses, their, their uh, accomplishments, all these different things. Tells me that people by nature are idolatrous. Thou shalt not steal. Why does the Bible say that? Because by nature, we like to steal. When no lock is no lock, when no one's around kind of idea. Well, that's what the problem is. The Bible says six days you'll work and on the seventh you'll rest. Tells me two things. One, man can be lazy, not work any days of the week. Or be a workaholic keeping that old nose to the grindstone and miss life. You see, it's scary when you stop to think how finely balanced we must be to be complete individuals. And I believe that, again, this is why I I saw a thing last night. It said, um, uh, if you're rich, live on the French... It says, if you're rich, live on the French Riviera. If you're famous, live in Hollywood. If you're truly blessed, you'll live where you are. I thought about that. I go, yeah, that's true. Because really, that's what the problem is. We're on a quest for what we don't even know what we're looking for. So the Bible tells us this is what you need. And when we take that rest, when we step back and see the trees in the forest, I believe it changes our perspective. And you need that change in your... It it isn't a law that, well, you know, but God says you're going to be blessed. Now, Now, this is another thing. We can violate everything in God's word. (laughs) That's what the world does. Do you know what the result of that is? Chaos. Look at anybody you know that doesn't follow what God's word says. They're hooked up all right with drugs and alcohol. They're worshiping something, but it isn't God. The Bible says what we need to live in balance. Now, again, as he says here, Six days, you'll work. Again, God just simply said, I want you to take a break. Now, this is what people oftentimes will say. But if I don't work every day, I can't make ends meet. Have you heard that? Well, got some good news for you. God is bigger than your day off. And he'll provide for you. 
what the word says. We honor God, God will honor you. And that's just the way God does it. I don't know about you and some of you that have maybe been a Christian for a long time. It seems whenever I work on a day that I know I'm not supposed to, I end up having to redo whatever I did. Have you noticed that? Or you'll do something and you'll go, that was dumb. Why did I do that? I cut a chunk of concrete out of my house one time because I thought that's where the water line was. And I did it when, and all the while God's like saying, you're wasting your time. <laughs> I thought I was. I cut it out. There was no water line there. Now I have a big hole. And it was just been better off to just wait, set back, let God show me, hey, that's not where the water line is. Because if you look at the way the pipes go, you would see it goes this way, not that way. I've done that. You'll do something and you think you're going to get ahead. And instead you get farther behind. Now, again, those who God is the Lord, he doesn't withhold any good thing from you. That's what the Bible says. It isn't health-wealth doctrine. It's a principle of God. That if you make God your Lord, what you serve, the Bible says he'll add all your needs according to his righteousness. That's what you need. Now, if I think I'm going to make the difference up by working an extra day and not just obeying what God says, I'm going to be in balance. You know, I've talked to people that have, and by the way, if you don't give your body a day off, friends, it will take it. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.